Hi, Damien. Good to see you. Hey, Don. Good to be here. Thanks for, for being here and accepting the invitation uh, on our Bandmasters podcast here. So uh, first off, if you're listening to this and you want to get a great backstory on Damien and his upbringing, uh, I will shout out to the friend that I have never met, Mark Connor, who runs the <laughs> Everything Band podcast, who's got uh, Damien. I think you did a, an interview for that a, a year or two ago. And um, mm-hmm. you know, when I was exercising in the morning, I was listening to that thing, and uh, I just wanted to let people out there know that I exercise and I listen to podcasts. <laughs> That's it. There. <laughs> Very good. Exercising is good, and the podcast is good too. That's good. Oh, you like exercising? I try to. Yes, I don't like it, but I try to. Do you think that's important that like more music teachers actually get out there and oh become yeah. physically, mentally fit? I mean, you probably yeah, feel sure. better when you do that, right? Yeah, it's it's just you know it's a good way to to flush out your soul a little bit, you know, and to keep a balance. And then you can also listen to music, you know, and rehearse and listen to different recordings while you do that. Yeah, it's just it's just all around a good idea. Great. Uh, well, I don't want to, like, just do a whole pandemic, you know, podcast here, but I did listen to your interview, as I said, with Mark Connor, and and you talked about your nonprofit. You listed out all the ensembles and kind of what your, your life was looking like at that point. What what does life look for like for you right now? And if it's significantly changed, like, how are you doing to kind of get through all of that stuff? Well, yeah, that's a good question. It is um, it is different in, a, in, in some ways, you know. Uh, I miss conducting the Farmington Community Band. I miss seeing my crescendo kids face-to-face. I miss my kids down at the DSO, my adults at the DSO. But right now, I am... Um, we're running our Crescendo Detroit program virtually, um, which we've been able to hang on to quite a few of our kids over the different platforms. Mm. Um, And I'm teaching my DSO. I I conduct the DSO's youngest wind ensemble youth group, middle school. And I'm seeing them virtually also. Um, And so that's going pretty good. That was an adjustment for me. I'm an old school band director, you know, warm up scales, warm up. Let's work on the music. So this separation and put yourself on mute and let me hear you, you know. But we do have some bowling green and some some students from the universities come to do breakout sessions with our DSO kids. So that helps break it up. Um, And just making sure Crescendo stays current and, you know, stays connected to kids. And then I just started a job in August, another job with the Detroit Symphony I'm the managing director of the Detroit Harmony Initiative. Hmm, okay. And that initiative, the DSO is saying that any kid in Detroit, no matter if that student is in a public school, charter school, private school, home school, that the Detroit, if they, if they want to play an instrument, the DSO is going to provide them with an instrument. Oh, wow. Wow. And so that, it, has, it has that part, then it has an economic development part which means that we're saying at the DSO, we're going to train some Detroiters and students in the art of instrument repair. So I'm building that program now. Like I'm building it. I've been building it since August, the infrastructure for that. So that's so my life has changed since I'm not doing conducting a lot of conducting honor bands in my group. I'm building the infrastructure for uh, Detroit Symphony Orchestra's Detroit Harmony program. So, what I see, of course, is is this guy like you that's that's super motivated and just gets the job done no matter what. And um, 
you know, not not necessarily for my own therapy here, but do you have those times during this, especially this pandemic, where it was just low and you're like, oh my oh, gosh, yeah. this, you know, because yeah. that's what we don't hear about. We only see the highlights and things like that. No, you know, yeah, no, I, you know, it was during the pandemic. First of all, uh, Detroit was ravaged by COVID. I mean, Detroit was. We lost so many good people in Detroit. I mean, leaders, church leaders, people lost family members. It would just ravage Detroit. So there was a darker cloud over the city then. Um, so I did. I went through. Man, I, I went through some sadness. Um, um, I, I I missed music making and and being in front of people and seeing the crescendo students. I missed it like a lot. Like I went through a month of deep sadness, you know. Um, and so I had to shake myself out of it, you know, and and some anxiety, because you know, like, will I will I have a Farmington band when I get back in September? Will the DSO group survive? How are my kids doing in, in crescendo? Like the parents, and just trying to keep um, my arms wrapped around all of it was tough. And 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 and, and doing programs like crescendo Detroit anyway. About twice a year, I'm like, uh, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> we, you know, but the staff, we work together. My staff is, is amazing staff. Angel Rock is one of my former students. She's a teacher. Thomas Butler, Andre, you know, I have a tremendous staff. So when one of us feels like that, the other ones just kind of step in and say, no, 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 we got it. Let's push it through. It's going to be all right. So yeah, you do have months like, you do have times like that in your life where you're like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired. Nobody appreciates it. You know, we go through that. Yeah. Okay. So you have to have the right people around you, like to support you and say, no, 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 no. It's okay. Go keep pushing. <laughs> you know, so for me, like the team at Crescendo, my family, my pastor, people like Ronnie Wooten, H. Robert Reynolds, those are my, you know, like Reynolds and Wooten are my mentors and teachers, but they're also like, they watch me from a distance. And they can tell when something's not quite right. Okay. So you'll get a FaceTime from Reynolds, right? I'm like, why does he? He says, hey, Damon, this is Reynolds. This is Bob calling. How are you? I said, I'm good. He said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, I'm pretty good. He said, I'm okay. Noticing so, patterns. <laughs> yeah, he said, talk to me for a minute. So how is this? How is that? He said, can I give you some advice? You know, and he said, sometimes it's not really... It's not all about the music. He'll tell me it's about your life and being whole and being happy. When I took the DSO gig, he said, can I give you some more advice? I said, sure. Um, what is that? He says, um, don't try to do it perfectly. Just do it right. Hmm. You know, and it kind of just, it just took something off of me. Sure. You know, to have people right. like that. And Reynolds would say the same thing. Crutcher, how are you? You doing Okay. Yeah, you better, you know, you better be doing all right. So you have to have people like that around you because it's it's difficult work. It's rewarding work, but it's tough. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sensing a theme already of just community. Mm. That, so I'd love to kind of segue to to this and and listen, we might not even talk that much about music, but you know, there's as you're saying, there's a little bit more to it than music sometimes here. Um Detroit 
gets kind of a bad rap in the news, you know, is, is, is kind of right. an understatement there. I, I live outside of Chicago. Chicago has gotten a bad rap and some national news there. Um, but I have I have never seen an area that has had so much pride, though, like Detroit, you know, and I, re- I remember listening to who's who's the author? Is it Mitch Album? I think that's yeah. from Detroit. Like he is like Mr. Detroit. And I noticed anybody else that was from Detroit, like, boom, this is their thing. So. You know, again, it gets a bad rap, but but tell me, like, why so much pride in, in that city? And and if you were to, I'm sure you get frustrated when you see these negative things about it. You know, what's the story that you want to tell about Detroit and what makes that special? Well, wow, that's that's pretty good because Mitch Album just did a segment with me on his show about Crescendo Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So he's, I should yeah, have he's, researched more, huh? Yeah, it's, it's called the Heart of Detroit. <laughs> Mitch Album, the Heart of Detroit. Uh, if you know what, I, first of all, let me tell you that um, I went to Cass Technical High School. Okay, it is the school where Harry Beejan was the first band director, Cass Tech, and Cass Tech has produced amazing people for decades. So people like Diana Ross went to Cass Tech, Lily Tomlin went to Cass Tech, Jack White, John DeLorean. Mm. You know, uh, we've had a couple of Miss Americas, I mean, uh, have come out of Cast Tech. So that's just one school, right? Uh, Ron Carr, I mean, we've had all kinds of people come out of Cast Tech. But Detroit um, is amazing. Like, like, it's an amazing city. We are resilient. We are smart. Uh, we know how to make it happen. And And what you see in the news is not the fair perspective of Detroit. Like, it's not like, it's not a war zone. You know, I've never been robbed. You know, I've never been held at gunpoint. You know, anything like that. Um, But the news has to do that to get their ratings. Mm. But you have to remember that Detroit has the Detroit Symphony Orchestra here. Detroit has, Detroit started techno and house music. Motown was here. Marcus Belgrave and the jazz folks, that's Detroit, right? We have the greatest gospel artists in the country here in Detroit, the, the, the Clark sisters, right? They just made a movie about the Clark sisters. Like every R&B singer bases their singing off of Karen Clark cheer. So Detroit, I mean, Motortown. So Detroit is like this incredible place where fantastic people have have done great things so we fight past that you know we fight past that negative thing and we talk about the stuff that we've done done well like i said everywhere you go there's a cast technician who is your boss who is running the (laughs) operation somewhere right who is doing the work i mean you know we call we call the united states the cast tech nation you know because somewhere there's a technician doing something. And and we have other schools and other programs too. So yeah, there's this definite, you know, sometimes we're painting as a painted as an underdog, so we fight. But uh yeah, it's a bad community in a good way. It's almost when you hear that it's like there's there's no it sounds like there's no place more American than oh, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. <laughs> I, mean, I mean our food, you know, our schools, our food, the people, the culture, the music the art institutes, the neighbor, I mean, yeah, you just can't beat it. You can't beat it. All right. So if somebody comes to Detroit 
and I didn't give you this question ahead of time. I'm sorry. Somebody comes to Detroit and they can only visit three places. Where are you sending them to? Three places. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to the Motown Museum. Okay. We're going to go to Baker's Keyboard Lounge, which is the oldest jazz club in the country, which I live by. So Motown, Baker's, and we'll catch the DSO on the night where like the orchestra's playing. And then later on, or earlier, there's a spoken word and jazz and rap going on in the queue. All right. Right, so we're gonna do those things. Then we're gonna go out and eat some good food. <laughs> we'll go to a soul food restaurant, eat some good food. Um, yeah, those are the things I think I would do. That's a good question. Those are the things. That's, I would do. Hey, that's technically four, but we're not gonna count the food. Hey, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll, we'll drive past <laughs> cast. We'll drive past cast tech. You know, we'll drive past cast as you can see where Harry Beecher got his start. Yeah, we'll do all that. So, listening to the previous podcast, here's a quote from you, and it said, "Kids from the city." need to be pushed and um i just i just got done doing a whole bunch of research on this um and and again about 150 peer-reviewed articles absolutely agree with you they say when we when we talk about city kids or we talk about urban kids um kids in rural areas maybe low-income kids you know in, in general that it's not always money um, it's it's that we need to push these kids. Would you mm-hmm. mind expanding on that a little bit, though, for somebody that is is either maybe not used to working with those types of students, or maybe is used to working with those types of students, but just isn't sure what to do? Right. How do we how do we push those kids, and what's what's the limit of of comfort we need to have? Yeah, I think that um, first of all, all kids come with layers, right? No matter where you are, kids come with different layers. Um, um, sometimes when you're dealing with kids from vulnerable communities, rural cities, sometimes um, sometimes those layers are compounded. You know, there might be a confluence of things that that's keeping them from um, um, beating the odds. So as you're working with students like that, first of all, you have to come with a deep, a deep respect of who they are and where they come from. Um, and knowing that every kid has greatness in them, like every student, no matter what you see on the outside, in there is greatness. And it's up to me, it's, it's my love of what I do, the respect for teaching, and the respect for the kid that allows me to push them to the next level. You know, you just can't push someone to push them, but they got to know that you care that you're in it with them, that you're in the fight with them, but that you're going to show them some stuff that's going to blow their mind. Like you always remember your teacher who really loved what they were doing. Hmm. Like your band director, right? You know, your band director, my band director, the English teacher, that teacher that's like, that lived music and lived theater. You're like, oh my God, you're such a dork, Mr. Crutcher. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, oh my God, listen to this host. Oh, did you hear that? Oh, oh, you know, they go, Oh my God. But they, but they gravitate to that after a while. Like they gravitate to that. Like this man likes this. So maybe I'll like it. So like exposing kids and believing in them and loving them and making deposits in them makes it so that when you have to make a withdrawal, it doesn't hurt as bad. Okay. You know, so Joel Osteen said that once I heard that one time, that he said, you know, you have to make so many deposits before you make a withdrawal. So you have to like deposit, 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 deposit. Then you got to come and say, Damien Crutcher, shut up. 
<laughs> my teachers at CAS would say that. CAS tell you this, oh my God, Damian Crutcher, just shut up. Or, or you know, you haven't really practiced this. I studied horn with um, Brian Kennedy of, of the Detroit Symphony. I got a scholarship. And we had a good relationship. He understood where I was coming from. I'm an inner city kid. You know, but after about a year, he would say, uh, you haven't practiced. So why don't we just like stop here? <laughs> and you know, we'll just pick it up next week. You know, and that's when when someone you care about says it to you, that devastates you. Daggers. <laughs> right. But it's the kind of dagger that makes you come back the next week. I'm gonna kick his butt this week. I got yeah. you. You know, you know, and so I and so I, I think it's that. It's the care, it's the push, it's the love, it's the passion. But you gotta believe that every kid in front of you has greatness and amazing stuff in them. And sometimes kids from rural communities and urban areas, um, sometimes they don't look picture perfect, you know, but they, they definitely have it in them. I always felt it was, it was funny with some of the perceptions because, again, I grew up in a low-income area and I teach at a low same school. And people that I know that have never worked with those types of students, the only picture they have of low-income students are the kids from the movie Stand and Deliver or Dangerous Minds or something like that. And I have to remind him, I said, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips was uh, 27 years old when he was actually in that movie. Like, they're not all that <laughs> big and scary looking there. Um, right. So, and, you know, yeah, not, to, not to bash the media. It was just kind of another media thing. Yeah, it's, it's another thing like that. And, um, and even those, you know, those students just want somebody to listen to them and to care. And and I believe this too, like, um, and Professor Reynolds talks about this a lot, you know, like the quality of literature helps a lot in those situations. Okay. Like the like like kids studying Maya Angelou, you know, in literature class. And Tony Morrison just eating on chewing on that good stuff. And then in band, you know, we're doing the whole suites. We've got, you know, nowadays we have Omar Thomas. When you let kids start to chew on that on the great stuff, it changes them. You know, so when I started teaching at Southfield Lentham High School right outside of Detroit, I would take my I would just load the bus up every concert that Michigan and Michigan State had. So, yeah, we're going to see my teacher. Now, come on, let's go, kids. We would just, I would have 40 kids with me, you know, you know, all these black kids and Afros and Chains. So, yeah, we're going out to Ann Arbor. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> you know, and you just, you watch the kids, like, they start to evolve, right? And then after four years, here they go. I said, well, what, what do you think about school? Well, I'm thinking about Howard, FAMU, Michigan, Michigan State. So then I say, well, try this, try that, you know. So those kids, like I had a student who became drum major at Michigan State, uh, one of the only few black kids to do that, you know. So you begin to see that change and that, you know, all kids just want that. Mm -hmm. The lean on me kids, the standard deliver kids, you know, they yeah. want that. Do you think there's some um, thing to be said about the familiarity with it, though? And I say that from the standpoint of, you know, you're you're in the area essentially that you grew up in. 
um, I'm in the area that I grew up in. So there's, there's a bit of street cred where for me, the minute I walked into that school, I felt comfortable. Cause like, Hey, these are my stomping grounds. Like I, I know who you are. I can say this, you know, what, what do you think about the, you know, teacher that's that's completely out of their element or maybe they don't look a thing like their students you know what what do you think is is maybe a good starting point for them i get it you said hey let's do a lot of deposits before we we make the withdrawal is there any addendum to that yeah i think that first of all just knowing where you knowing where you're at i mean just you gotta know you gotta know where you're going like you gotta know the community before you step foot in the school, you got to know that community. Like you can't watch the news because you're not going to get the right perspective. Sure. So you got to find somebody in the community that knows it just to have those conversations, right? What the community got to know the community, and then and then you got to know what the heck you're doing. <laughs> like and you and you, you got to love what you're doing again and be ready to share share what you love with kids and share and. And appreciate what they love. Like you gotta do that. Um, and they just gotta know that you're for real. So it may take longer for someone who is outside the community to come in and get that cred, right? Um, and and it's even better if you have somebody from the community validate you. Okay. You know what I mean? If you have so somebody, that's a little bit of a shortcut, maybe that's a shortcut. Like if you come in, let's say you want like like I wanna come teach in, in your school district. And, and I come in, you know, and you introduce me. This is Crutcher, you know, this is my, this is my boy, this is my friend. You know, he's cool, everybody. He's going to just do the, you know, that helps them say, okay, who's this black dude? You know, who's this, who this dude? You know, and I think sometimes in, in city schools, sometimes we have people that really, well, they're well intentioned. You know, and sometimes they're, most times they're, they're white people and they want to come in and they want to do great things. They just, they just drop in. And just start programs, and I just go. They're gonna eat you alive. Gotta take the temperature a little bit first. You gotta take the temperature, <laughs> even though even when I do honor bands, I always study the area I'm going. You know, last year I did maybe five or six before COVID in different parts of Michigan, and you know Michigan is different. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Michigan is is Detroit. You know. And then you've got Ann Arbor, which is another kind of thing. <laughs> and then you got Howe and Holly and Brighton, which is another kind of thing. You know, so I make sure I kind of look at the community, you know, and understand it before I go. Like I did an honor band in, at a middle school in Ohio. And I knew what I was doing. So I brought up this. I said, some of you all should consider, like, going to college at Michigan or Michigan State, you know? And the band went, boom! <laughs> Because I was in Ohio State country and I knew that, and I did that on purpose. So you got to know, you got to know where you're going, um, and you can't come in with this pompous kind of arrogant. I'm gonna give you poor kids culture. Mm. You know, I'm gonna, I come to save your lives. You know, it's 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 the spirit that you that you operate in that's that's really important. So don't don't try to function as the savior. We hate know, the savior complex. You don't, you know. Do you, do you really need to be saved? No, it's like we need a teacher. We need a teacher. Like, like, like. I really want to know how to play this B flat, you know. And if I learn how to play this, like, where can I go? Yeah. You know, 
Um, yeah, and, and just and just making sure you have those really quick, small successes, you know. Yeah. And then you just start adding them up and just do do, do what you do. Excellent. Let's talk about drive real quick. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, hey, here's the lows, here's here's the high. You also mentioned that people recognize when here's a teacher that's super passionate about what they do. And I I don't know if everybody's felt that. Sometimes, you know, you kind of have to keep searching for, for something that you're passionate about, you know, something that, that drives you. So, you know, for you, what is that intrinsic motivation for you? What's the reason you do the things that you do? And how does that feel? What's the physical feeling, mental feeling? You know, how, how can someone recognize when all of a sudden they have a passion for something? Wow, that's, you know, we could, we could write a book on that. What kind of question <laughs> is that? What kind of question? <laughs> man, that's, man, you're good. That's a, Let's copyright it. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Um, you know, when you... First of all, you know, like when you love something and you think about it and you dream about it and it becomes you, I mean, that's the end product. Like, you know, that's where you know, oh, I love this. Like, this is a part of me. So for me, by the time I was in fourth grade, I kind of knew I wanted to be a teacher. Like, I just, teachers did something to me, like watching them. So I would get kids in my basement in fourth grade and have classrooms. <laughs> I would make the other kids color and write. I would oh stay on the wall. I was, I guess my dad was like, man, this guy is so weird. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but like when it's in, in, inside of you, that passion you have for it, that love you have for it, um, that respect. Um, and then, and then keeping it sharp. Cause one of the things when I finished at Michigan, I went back to teach public school. And Professor Reynolds, Bob Reynolds' plan for me was to go teach college. Mm -hmm. And he really did. I mean, he's really big on that. He was like, Damien, you've got three interviews coming up, these colleges. These are your jobs to lose. Go. And I came back and said, I want to teach high school again. He was like, what? What?" (laughs) You know, but he said something to me. He says, "I, I, I hear what you're saying. And he was he was disappointed, you know. He's like, I hear what you're saying. He said, but whatever you do, he said, continue to feed the artist in you, or the artist is gonna die. He said, go to concerts, read the arts and leisure section of the New York Times, study music still, study scores, study things. Go to the symphony, go to the jazz concerts, be around the great artists, come see me, come to the university. You know, he said, you got to continue to do that. Or he said to me, or your groups will start to sound better than they are. Mm. He said, so, or, and that artist will die, you'll, be, you'll become this manager, this kind of manager teacher, and not this artist teacher. Um, and so, and then, the, and, then, and then the drive, you know, for me, um, my, dad, my dad was a bricklayer. And my uncles were bricklayers um, and they worked hard as hell. You know, they worked so that um, we wouldn't have to work like that. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandfather and grandparents in Alabama had 40 acres that they farmed. And my grandfather was in his 90s on the tractor early in the morning, you know, 
he had a stroke on the tractor at 96 or something like that, you know? So that the that part is just kind of in my thing, in, in my genetics, in my blood. And then I learned other stuff, you know, that drive the determination. But it feels like, it feels great when you find out this is what I love to do. And guess what? I'm getting pretty good at it. Right, that feeling, right? That feeling good, like, man, I think I got this. I think I got it, you know? And, and watching kids grow and conducting music, you know, I get in this, when I'm teaching, I get in this zone that feels spiritual. Mm. Like I can, I can see every kid in the class. I can almost see every situation they're dealing with outside of class. I can see where they could be in three or four years. So that feeling is a special feeling. And then when I'm conducting, you know, you get in this zone and it's just like you and the students and players reach this crazy place, right? And it's a feeling, you know, when you hit that click, oh, it's like, oh we're there, here we go. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's a spiritual, it's a, it's a kind of spiritual feeling, if that makes sense, right? It's that this, makes sense. It's like, it's like, like, like when you eat something, you know, you got good food, right? But then you eat something, you go, oh man. <laughs> you think that this is good. You know, is it, that is that kind of feeling? Hope I hope I, that makes sense. It's it's funny. I think you did a great job of putting something in words that is so hard to put into words. You know, and especially oh. that that last place where you said you just know it. You just know, you know it. I'm assuming it's just, it's just so personal for for every person. But it's personal. Like you, I'm sure you feel like you have to do it, and that this this feeling is better than having a Cadillac, since I know you had to trade your Cadillac in for something that was more practical for this, right? So yeah, yeah, I had to, I had to, yeah, I had no. to, I had to, I had to downsize in order to get where I am today. Okay, you but know, again, worth it for as, uh, as I was saying, the intrinsic thing, and then just the impact, of course, the bigger thing, the the impact that you have on everybody there. Yeah, I didn't. I would never. Yeah, all the stuff I'm doing now, the territory is much larger. And if I would not have made a sacrifice, I wouldn't have been able to do this stuff. What is and I'm that? grateful, you know. I'm, yeah. And then I think the other part is you just then you become grateful, right? You become grateful that you have this gift, and you and you and you're grateful enough to continue to work at it, mm-hmm. and not mishandle it, and not misuse it. You know, that's one thing that. Reynolds and Ronnie are very big at, you know, don't mishandle it. Like, love it, be humble with it. Don't push yourself on people. Don't try to out-conduct the next person. You know, they're really big on, like, they're like Reynolds is really big on that. Don't start passing out cards. Don't invite yourself to different things. Handle this gift with care and humility, even though I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I'm pretty good, you know. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm pretty good at this. I did study with H. Robert Reynolds. I'm pretty good at that. But hum, humble yourself with it, and treat it with care. And I, I remember hearing that again from the last one. You know, to work hard is good. Have a balance in life is better. Don't don't promote yourself there. So I don't even have to answer uh, ask that one now. So you already <laughs> answered. There we go. We're efficient there. You're doing we, pretty good. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up kind of this this portion and then go into the uh, nonprofit here in a second. I got a couple a couple of things. Um, you know, I guess the the first one would be, you know, when this is all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? 
um, that, and I know this sounds like a cliche, but that that like I made a tremendous difference in in individuals' lives. That I made an impact in music education across the country. Um, that I that I that I was known for not fitting into a certain mold. Mm. Right. That I was a man of faith. That was important to me. Um, and that um, you can do it in a different way than people think you can. If they can remember me in those ways, remember me, I'll, I'll be good. Great. I got, all right, here's a practical one. Because anyone that listens to the podcast, sometimes they want to get, you know, some some music advice here. So here's my here's my question. Recommendations from you of lesser known band pieces. We know the Holst. We know um, Lincolnshire Posey, things like that. What are some pieces that you say like, Man, this thing is great, and not enough people are playing it. Oh yeah, I think that, uh, and right now everybody's kind of scratching at this a little bit, okay. you know. But I think that, like, music by black composers. I mean, in women composers, but you know, particularly for me being African American, by black composers is 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 it, you know, and discovering those pieces, you know, like like Omar Thomas's of our new day begun mm-hmm. that should be that should be done as much as both whole suites across the country it's playable you know you got to have a good band mm-hmm. but it's playable but it's it's it's, it's like it, it it gets you in your soul so of our new day begun is a piece everyone should do no doubt about it um and like music by Valerie Coleman, who plays in the Imani Imani Winds. Um, she's doing a lot of orchestral stuff, but she has one of her pieces, Umoja. Umoja is written for Winds too. Okay. I think that's a good piece. Um for like I love Kevin Day's rocket ship. I love it. It's like middle school, high school kind, you know, piece. But it's it's got so much good funk in it. Like it's kind of under the surface, and I got it. Though. I kept, I kept I caught this. I caught this, and so I teach it that way. And the kids go, "Oh my god, that's hot!" Yeah, you know. So like rocket ship, it's got this thing underneath it. I said that's pretty slick, Kevin. Um, <laughs> so rocket ship is that piece for like middle school or ninth grade band, but it's got a trumpet fanfare in it that is the trumpet fanfare from hell. <laughs> I said, Kevin, why'd you do this? He said, I know, I know, I know. Um, I think that like William Grant Steele is considered to be like the dean of composers, the dean of African American composers, and a lot of orchestras are playing his music now. You know, it's Afro American Symphony. But there's there's a piece called uh, that's been transcribed called Summerland by William Grant Steele, you know, and it's just like, wow, are you serious? You know, so pieces like that, um, and from composers like that, I think we just we need to keep digging. Okay, we got to keep digging, you know, um, and no matter where your kids are from, they should know these composers too, like they know Holst and. And, you know, and John Mackey, you know, because um, there's some John Mackey stuff I do wherever I go. 
there's some Kevin Day stuff I do wherever I go. Um, and and so they should know these black composers. And of our new day begun, every high school band that can play it has to play it. Required repertoire. It's required. Your band will never be the same. Will never be the same. Mm. Like I, I was, I did a stint uh, uh, with the Wind Symphony as a guest at Wayne State University, and I did it with those kids. And at the, you know, there were some, there were some rehearsals where we just had to stop and just leave. Mm. Because it's got that much in it, okay. You know, when you get the backstory and all that. So yeah, those are those are pieces I think that are special. Excellent. Well, thank um, you. Uh, Julie Julie Giroux has a piece called "The Bonsai Tree." Right? I played it's that. Like, that one's hard. <laughs> oh my god, it's hard. It's, it's listen. I did it with my I did it with my Detroit Symphony kick, my younger group. And I started doing. I said, "Oh crap! This thing is harder than I thought. It's 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 like not graded right. It's not graded correctly." I said, "This is hard." But once the kids got it, you know, the, the percussion in the beginning, you know, really middle the middle school kids play like the mallet percussions by themselves, right? And then the last one is just this, and then the kids understand that the silence after the ding. Is musical. Hmm. You know, thing is, and the kids go, "Oh yeah, 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 we got it, Mister Crutcher, we got it." <laughs> you know, so I think those are some of those pieces. Excellent. I'll have to uh, remind me. I'll have to send you one. One of our alums at Joliet, Jermaine Stegall, he wrote a piece for our band called Legacy that we premiered last year. He's um, he's the composer for Coming to America, the sequel that's out in a couple of weeks. So. You know, wait, 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 wait. He was one of your one of your students. No, no, he's he's older than me. Do you know Jermaine? He was at NIU. Uh-uh. Okay. So I'll, I'll send it to you, Jer- Jermaine, okay. Jermaine Stiegel. So he'll be happy. I'm giving him a plug. But yeah, he's yeah, please, uh, please, please. He's, he's composer for um, Coming to America, and uh, he was. Listen, allowed. that's you. You yeah. know where I'm from. That's an iconic movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> now you know. Let Let's just say this for real. Among a lot of people, black and white, but black folks, that's one of our, <laughs> listen, you know, that's one of our movies coming to America, Color Purple, uh, fr- uh, Friday, what is it, First Friday, what's it called? Um, with Chris Tucker, the Friday movie. Yeah, yeah those Friday are like, and the next Friday. Yeah, yeah, those are like, boom, yeah, for sure. So cool, I'll, I'll send that to you. No, Jermaine will be excited to, to hear that there. Yeah, please um, introduce us if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Um, and he's he's on my board of uh, the nonprofit that we're going to talk about in a second here. So let's let's segue real quick. I'm a huge fan of public school. Like I I just think everybody, you know, needs to experience public school at some some point. Uh, great way to bring people together, all different types of people. That being said, we got lots more red tape coming in and in, in places. Um, you know. And, and I get it. We need a well-rounded education. I understand that. But did you think of any of that as a catalyst to start Crescendo Detroit? Did you think about maybe here's what I want to do. There are just certain things in the public school I can't do. Or maybe was was there another thing that came in your mind to, to get this nonprofit going? It was actually um, 
born out of necessity? Well, um, I knew that at that time when I started Crescendo, there were only maybe four schools in Detroit that had music that had music programs okay. that had band and orchestra programs. Like, you never saw a kid walk down the street with an instrument case, hmm. and that was different than when I was a kid growing up. And so I started Crescendo so that students would have access, their opportunity to playing an instrument and to feel what it's like to take it off the case the first time, put the mouthpiece on it the first time, play some music on it the first time, um, because our kids in Detroit did not have that chance. Mm. And if you didn't go to Cast Tech or Renaissance, one of the magnet schools, you really didn't have a chance. And so it was really unacceptable. Okay. So I started Crescendo for that reason. Mm. Um, and also to give kids a, a, a place to be after school, a place to be around great people and be exposed to great things. And so that's why we started Crescendo okay. Detroit. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned to you before this, um, starting a nonprofit was, you know, and for anybody listening at home, this is kind of, we're just shifting over a little bit and I'm just going to keep recording it. But, you know, if anyone at home is trying to start a nonprofit, hopefully you get something from this. I know I will. And uh, I'm selfish and it's my podcast. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good for you. Right. You Absolutely. Know. So we um, in, in Joliet, you know, I, I've explained a little bit of the background to you. And I, I, I said, hey, for the past, I don't know, 10 years, I've always thought about starting this nonprofit. And then this past year, of course, with, with the pandemic happening, uh, we're looking at lower numbers next year in our high school program. I'm assuming it's the same with our junior high. And then I'm hearing, again, not a ton of kids that are starting you know, uh, in the beginning band programs. So for me, it was these two days of just fear and just, I mean, I was, I was applying for jobs. I was doing all sorts of things. And then you, you, you just go, okay, no, this is, this is my time to, to actually help out. Um, so I get a stimulus check. I spend that money on filing for the articles and for finding the bylaws. And I'm sure my kids upstairs need to eat, but hey, band, right? So, right. <laughs> so there's that part. So we're really at the infancy stages right now of this. So there's a few things I'll ask you about it. Um, you know, number one, when I heard about this with what you were doing, we're looking right now at music. We're looking at theater. We're looking at arts. But our initial thought was, you know, hey, pick one or the other. If I remember right, hearing you talk about it, do the kids that sign up for Crescendo Detroit, do they do all of it? Or is there a specific track? Can you tell me about that a little bit more in detail? Sure. And we have we revisit this every year. OK, but we started with all of it. We started with 11 kids seven years ago, uh, most of them elementary kind of middle school. Okay, So we required the kids to do all of it. So they would pick an instrument and they would do vocal music, um, dance. Um, and then we started adding general music and life skills in there. Okay. Because we just knew that we had students that didn't have general music. And, you know, if you don't have general music, you can't, there's certain things you can't do. And then we had students that, you know, didn't know how to skip and hop and gallop because they didn't have gym. Okay. And so we started it that way as a wraparound program and it's still that way 
even though virtually we've kind of let up a little bit. And we said to the students, we know you like Zoom fatigue. So if you can't do Monday and Wednesday's session, do your lesson and do our pathways program that we do virtually at U of M, Michigan. Okay. So we have let up a little bit, but we did believe in that surrounding of kids um, in a wraparound program, if you have the staff that can do that. Okay. So let's talk about that then, because one of my questions is basically teachers. What are your qualifications for teachers that you bring in for this program? Like they first was that they that they understand the community. Okay. So okay, for a few years, for a few years, honestly, our whole staff was was completely African American. I mean, for the first years, because they were they were from the church, they were from the neighborhood. You know, they so they understood that. So we'd have to we'd have to teach all of that, you know, get you so and we want the kids to see themselves in us, you know, that that people understand that people are good at what they do and they love kids and they can work with me. Okay. You know, and so it was so funny when we David Armbruster, who he's a fantastic band director here, he taught at Plymouth, like the big international national award-winning marching band program in Plymouth. He was the first non-black person on our staff, and he loved it. He said, oh, my God, I'm the first one, you know. Everybody's asking me, what is that like, you know. But bottom line is everybody on the staff, they're, they, they're pretty good. With, they're good with kids. They're excellent teachers, and they know how to, like, navigate the landscape okay. that our kids come with. Okay. So, so then segueing from there, because I think this is what – I'm going to have a significant problem with, and I, and I don't know if you did or not. Um, how did you avoid the, I'm just going to do it myself mentality? And, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm really bad and I'm not trying to be like, Oh, I work so hard, but there are just certain things where I'm like, it's, it's going to be easier if I do it or I think it is, oh, yeah. but then it take and I, I say that. And then I had to start the paperwork five times on legal zoom. Cause I kept messing up and you know, right. and then yeah. I talked to the person that has a master's in nonprofit. They're like, just do this stupid. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Right. You know what? <laughs> it, it, it is. It's the nature of being, I mean, we're band directors. Mm -hmm. We're band directors. So that means that as a band director or orchestra teacher, like we order the music, we do the budget, we move the stands, we set up the chairs. We're used to being at the center of it. I mean, that's just kind of in our DNA and our genes. So when you start a nonprofit, you have to just, you have to kind of, if you start that way, you can't stay that way because you can't grow that way. Okay. You just can't grow like, I can't manage the schedule, manage the budget, go out and, and, and get money in donors and write the grants, teach the classes, go get the hot dogs for the cooks, pick up kids. Because at one point I was doing all that. Okay. And so, you're, so you have to create a board and your board is going to say, no, we can't, we need you on this side of it. Mm, okay. Or the program will never grow. You know, when you do your strategic plan, which is important, it's going to have steps in it. And it's going to have years in it where you want to do these things. You can't do that if you're doing everything. So it's going to have to grow from you to two to three to four. Okay. So that you can be the CEO, the founder, 
and let people do what they do best. Like my brother Fred is the COO, like he's good at organizing technology and the budget. You know, Angel Rock is the site director. At one time I was the director, she was kind of my assistant. So they kind of moved me out the way and put her there. Okay. You know, and so she knows me, she was my student. So she'll tell me, uh, Crutcher, you're stepping in my lane. I said, okay, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She said, go raise some money. You know, and so you just have to build that team. And Obama talks about that, right? If you want to, if you want to have impact, you got to build a team. Hmm. So, but as band directors, we used to do it ourselves. Like at Orchestra Hall, when I conduct groups down there, and I start moving chairs, they're like, "Stop! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing?" Even like when I come on stage, they open a door for me. Because okay. one day I went to open the door to come out and said, "Stop it! What are you doing?" I said, "I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a." I'm a high school band director. They said, well, you're not that anymore. Yeah. You know, so we, we're used to that. We got to do it. Now they said, no, 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 let us do it. And you have to like be secure enough, which is hard for us to let the people take it and go, hmm. you know, and they're going to do it differently. That's cool. But we got to like carve out our space so that the program can grow this way. Okay. Well, let's, you know, let's talk about then, and we don't need to get in the weeds with this, but as we start looking at money and everything on, on our end soon, what what should I plan for as the largest expenditure or the largest expenditures? We're not looking at a physical space right now. We're looking at renting space because where I'm at, I want, as my buddy Roosevelt will say, he's like, you want the goal to be the music right now. He goes in at the beginning, he goes, if you if you rent the space, your goal might be just to keep the lights on. So I'm just trying to be realistic with what we have. So um, is the largest expenditure, you know, the hiring the teachers? What 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 should I plan on with that? It, um, it depends on the scope of what you want to do. Like okay. for Crescendo, we also feed kids at every session. And I remember about 200 bucks each session. I, yeah, it costs us, okay. you know, between 150 and 200, depending okay. on, you know, um, and so you have to look at what the scope of what you're doing. You know, if you're, if you're just paying rent, then your expense is going to be, you know, your staff. Like for Crescendo, some of our staff are volunteers. They're like, oh, no, we would never take anything. And some of our staff gets a stipend, food costs, um, instrument repair. Okay. Because getting instruments is easy to me. I mean, getting instruments, that's easy. But the upkeep and the mouthpieces and the music. Mm are some of the expenses you're going to look at. Okay. You know, staff staff stipends or salaries, uh, instrument repair, music, food. You know, if you can have some kind of food component, I would. Okay. Um, those are some of the um, expenses that you, that, you, that you come in contact with. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Um, cool. Well, then just, just one more here, because I don't want to take up your entire Saturday here. And, and again, I, I really thank you for, for spending some time with me on this. But, you know, as I get into this, are there any rookie mistakes that you can share with me where you say, Don, just whatever you do, please don't do this as you start this this nonprofit thing? Um, or any adjustments, maybe? Yeah, I think... Um getting a board together immediately that 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 
can push you a little bit is important. Like, don't make that mistake. Don't okay. like engage the board in the in the building of it soon. Okay. Like engage them soon, and also like pick the brands of people who are doing nonprofit work. You know, like me. But you got like people like Ken Fisher in Ann Arbor. You got these folks who, who really are excellent. Like reach out to them and say, "Can I talk to you for an hour?" You know, because they really know it better than I do. I think that um, finding those um, funding sources sooner than later okay. is good. And then have an audit as soon as you can. Okay. Like have an audit as soon as you can. That's going to be big because then you can go after the bigger money once you get the audit done. Okay. After a year or so, I guess, you know, or two years. Um, and, you know, you've got a heck of a, a network. I mean, you've got the professors at those colleges. I mean, use all of that. They all want to, they got students that want to come teach. Those college kids want to come teach. I mean, you've got, man, you've got all kind of colleges and stuff around you. Bring them in. Well, and I, you know, it's funny so far. They did a little, we've got a board in place. And then they did a little bit of a, a newspaper article on this, you know, the inception of it and everything. And unsolicited, like, money has just been coming in. And there's so that part just seems easy, you know, which is <laughs> like, I've, there's always money somewhere. Not, you know, again, millions of bucks or anything, but, you know, people say, oh, we want this. But, yeah, it's, it's share the story. I'm sorry. It's share the story. Like, every person that has given, mm-hmm. keep them in the loop. Okay. Share the story on social media. Share the story in the community. Okay. Share it and bring everybody in close soon. And you're right. There's always going to be somebody that says, hey, you know what? I just retired. Or here's yeah. an instrument. Here's here's $200, you know, and, and let them know what their money is being spent on. Okay. I mean, you're going to be good to go. Okay. I was going to say that that has been the part where it's just, again, this this local newspaper ad ran and then here comes those things it's it's again the not being so on my end overwhelmed of just all of the initial detail work that has to be done there so so i do i thank you for your time with that so great well hey man it was great to meet you (laughs) you and uh i really enjoyed our our conversation here and um uh yeah we'll we'll i'll hit you up right after i I get done with this on maybe some intro outro music for you there but um where can where can people find you online if they want more damien crutcher um if they want more i'm not sure if they do but if they do (laughs) they can uh they can look me up like on, on social media on facebook they can Google me. They can um, look up our, our websites, like our crescendodetroitwebsite.org. Okay. Um, also, through the Detroit Symphony, they can just Google my name and the programs I operate down there. Um, yeah, I'm not too hard to find. I'm real, I'm real simple. Music and me teaching, that's it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. I appreciate it. Nice meeting you, like, kind of face-to-face. Yeah. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. And, well, you um, too, and, and hope to hope to meet you live sometime soon. You will, because i got to come see Dr. Wooten. i got to go there and get a lesson, and I'll, we'll come by and see oh, you. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. You too.